0: We're in a series called Small Days. And in this series, we've been considering the power that resides in the small days of our lives. We're used to circling the big days on our calendars and then leapfrogging from one big day to the next. And we often view the small days that are in between as something that we just need to muscle through or we need to get through so we can get to that next big day. But of course, for the past two months, we've had to let go of and grieve most of those big days that have been circled on our calendars. Our calendars have started to to look and to feel more like this calendar from the Count of Monte Cristo. Small days, they've begun to run together and they can seem monotonous in the absence of the big days to look forward to. But while we celebrate the big days and view the small days as a drudgery, God actually celebrates the small days. And that's because the small days have two very important powers. The first of those is the power to set direction. It's as we do God's will one day at a time that we set the direction for our lives. The second power in the small days is the power to make progress. Each day we make progress towards some destination, either for good or for bad. And we tend to waste the power of small days for two reasons. The first is that we get distracted and we pursue what is unimportant. Distraction, that messes with our direction. Or we get discouraged and we stop moving forward. Discouragement, well, that messes with our progress. So God has given us a daily checklist in the Bible to keep us on track and to keep us moving forward. And these are verses in the Bible, verses that we've been looking at throughout this series that tell us what requires our daily focus and our daily effort. Today, we're gonna turn our attention to the daily assignment that tells us what to do, how to address that discouragement that regularly comes in and impedes our progress. Today, we're gonna look at daily encouragement. The scripture that we're gonna look at is Hebrews 3, Verses 12 and 13. So let's read that. It says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It talks about encouragement here, encouraging one another daily. But what does it mean to encourage? Well, in English, it literally means to add courage. To encourage someone is to increase their courage or to fill them with courage. It's the opposite of being discouraged, which means to to lose courage or to lose heart. And then the Greek word that's translated here as encourage in this passage, this carries with it the idea of being near to someone, but not just of being near to them, being near and of urging them forward with words, urging them with words or, or calling them forward with words. When I was uh, eight or nine years old, my dad, he started taking me to do local 5K, just kind of community races when they would come up in our area. This picture was taken with about a half a mile to go in one of those races. As you can see by my face, I was clearly on the struggle bus. Inevitably, this is how it would go. Uh, We would come up toward the end, and toward the end of the race, I would just be ready to throw in the towel. I'd be done. I'd be spent. And I'd be ready to call it quits because my heart would no longer be in it. But my dad, he would be right there with me. He would be near me and he would calmly and gently urge me forward. He would use his words to cast a vision of the finish line for me and to call me forward. He would summon up in me the courage that I was lacking on my own. And this, this is the idea behind the word encourage that we read in this passage, being near to someone being near enough so that you can see and actually sense when they're losing heart, but not just being near physically, also using words to urge them and to call them forward. And we're told that this type of encouragement is to be a daily activity for us. It says specifically, but encourage one another daily. And just to make sure that we get the point, of course, this is repeated. The next thing that we read, it says that we're to encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. And how often is it called today? Well, every day. Today is always today. And so encouragement is to be a daily occurrence. And now this begs the question, what does it look like then to engage in daily encouragement? Is there some sort of formal encouragement exchange program that we're supposed to sign up for and be a part of? Is this a a box that we're supposed to check? before we go to bed at night, or, you know, now that there's stay-at-home orders in effect, does daily encouragement, does it mean that we need to schedule seven Zoom meetings, one for every night of the week that are specifically encouragement Zoom meetings that we can be a part of? Well, I definitely hope not. I especially hope it's not the last of those. That sounds more taxing than encouraging to me. No, the call to engage in daily encouragement, it's not a call to a formal encouragement program. It's not a box that we're supposed to check. Instead, it's about positioning ourselves in such a way that daily encouragement is a natural part of our lives. And so today, we're gonna look at three things that we all must do in order to position ourselves for daily encouragement. The first is that we position ourselves to participate In daily encouragement when we invest in relationships. We position ourselves to participate in daily encouragement when we invest in relationships. This week was the final episode on YouTube of SGN, some good news with John Krasinski. I'm sure many of you saw this or saw some episode in the past few months. But the concept of this show, which was really clever, the concept of the show, it was filmed in John Krasinski's home and he collected and shared Good news. The stories, they were heartwarming, they were, they were uplifting, and the point was to focus on something positive and encouraging during a time where there's a lot of negativity and discouragement out there. So it was really encouraging. It was tough to watch one with watch an episode without smiling, to be honest, but as encouraging as SGN was, this is not the kind of encouragement that this passage is talking about. This passage isn't talking about encouragement that comes from something that you can watch or something that you read. It's talking about a type of encouragement that comes through relationships, specifically. And we see, this, we see this plainly here where it says, encourage one another in our text. Encourage one another. One another is a phrase that shows up many times throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament. We're told to serve one another. We're told to love one another, And whenever we see this phrase, one another show up, it's a clue to us that it takes more than one person to do what we're being told to do. Daily encouragement, it's not something that you can do on your own. It requires others. And it can't be achieved anonymously. It can't be achieved through a a one-way interaction. It requires investing in real reciprocal relationships. And in this sense, daily encouragement is different from many of the other things in the Bible that we're commanded to do daily, and many of the other things we've been talking about in this message series. For example, if I am going to read my Bible and pray daily, then making that happen, that's really up to me for the most part. Now, my my wife and I, we can team together, we can partner to try to help each other do that. For example, I I can watch the kids while my wife spends time reading and praying, and she can do the same for me. But when it comes right down to it, reading my Bible and praying, that's largely on me. I'm the one who needs to set my alarm, who needs to get out of bed in the morning, who needs to open the Bible and read and reflect and pray. And then the same is true for her. I can bring her coffee to be a help, and I think that's a big help. But actually, reading and praying, that's up to her. Daily reading God's word, that's largely an individual project. Daily encouragement is a group project and like any group project that we might be a part of at school or at work, it involves taking initiative to do your part, but also it involves relying on others to do their part as well. You can't force others to encourage you, but you can do your part by positioning yourself to be encouraged by others by investing in relationships. I remember when I was in college, this idea of investing in relationships, it was actually relatively easy compared with now. I could just I could walk out my door and more often than not there would be someone there just ready to hang out. But since that time, it's actually been a real challenge to find time to invest in relationships. With four little kids, a wife, and a job, investing in anything else, honestly, it takes a lot of effort. And if that was true before COVID-19, it's even more so now. Now there's all kinds of new barriers that most of us have never had in our lives before. And not the least of those, of course, is the, the order to literally stay at home. Many of our old patterns and our old habits that kept us invested in relationships, they're either gone or they're significantly altered. And carving out new patterns of investment That takes a lot of effort. That's difficult. And so the temptation then is to just yield to the complexity of our context and simply say, you know what, this is just too much effort. This is too much effort. I can't even keep track of the rules for what we are and what we're not allowed to do. And so I'm just going to go into hibernation mode and I'll re emerge on the other side of this. I'll re emerge when things get back to normal. But There's a phrase in this passage that we're looking at today that reminds us that daily encouragement, it's not just a fair weather activity. The first words of our passage are see to it. See to it. See to what? It says, see to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And how are we supposed to do that? Well, we do that by encouraging one another daily. So see to it, means that investing in relationships and encouraging one another, that's not just for times of convenience, not just for times when it's easy to do. When things are challenging and we're tempted to just pull back from relationships, see to it reminds us to lean in and to continue to invest in those relationships, even if it requires creativity under less than ideal circumstances. My wife and I, we dated long distance from two time zones apart for eight months before we got engaged. And let me tell you, dating long distance, it requires some creativity under far less than ideal circumstances. I remember I would wake up at 5.30 a.m. every morning so that I could talk to her on the phone as she drove into work. It was 7.30 her time, 5.30 my time, and we did that because it was the opportunity that we had. Was it ideal? No, definitely not. Was it convenient? Absolutely not. But we did it because we had a see-to-it mentality. And that meant that we were committed to coming up with creative solutions to invest in the relationship. A see-to-it mentality is committed to overcoming obstacles. And that's one reason why Seabreeze growth groups have gone online during this time. Is it ideal? No way. We would much rather gather in the same place, but we're committed to navigating the obstacles that we face. And we know that growth groups are one of the best ways to plug into the group project of daily encouragement. There's a formal component to uh, the growth groups of the online weekly meetings, but more than that, they stand as a weekly reminder to on the other days of the week, not to try to go it alone, but to plug into that group project of encouragement. Relationships are the foundation for daily encouragement, but they aren't the only element that's required. We also position ourselves to participate in daily encouragement as we give and we receive perspective. We position ourselves for daily encouragement as we give and receive perspective. Now why would perspective here be so important? it's because of the problem that daily encouragement is intended to address. Verse 12 shows us what that problem is. It says, the problem is a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And then verse 13, it shows us the goal of daily encouragement. The goal is that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The idea is that sin is always working. It's always actively working against us. It doesn't take any vacation days, it doesn't take any sick days, it's always working against us. And then the goal of daily encouragement is to counteract that hardening effect of sin in our lives. And so for this reason, daily encouragement, it's not something that is just an option. It's actually a lot more like an antidote. Now in the In the U.S., each year, there's about 7,000 people who are bitten by some form of venomous snake. Of course, being bitten by a venomous snake is no small thing, but nonetheless, 99.9% of those who are bitten survive. And that's thanks, really, to the existence of an antidote or an antivenom. What an antivenom does is it works to neutralize the effect of the venom. And like venom, sin is toxic. It's toxic and its poison is daily coursing through our veins. It's aggressive and it's destructive. And its destructive power lies in its deceitfulness, we are told in this passage. We're also told that the result of its deceitfulness is that it causes our hearts to harden toward God. It causes us to have an unbelieving heart toward him. Now, an unbelieving heart, that doesn't necessarily mean that we doubt that God exists, but it does mean that we doubt that he is good or we doubt that he is trustworthy. As sin's toxins work their way through our bloodstream, it spreads the lie that the promises of sin are better than the promises of God. And because sin's destructive power lies in this deceitfulness, the antidote to sin is truth. That's why daily encouragement is really a battle for perspective. It's a battle of lies versus truth. And the only truth that is powerful enough to counteract the toxic lies of sin is God's word. And so our role is to invest in relationships in such a way that we point each other to God's word. In other words, our role is to administer the antidote of God's word into each other's lives. And this doesn't mean that we should only quote the Bible when we talk to each other, but it does mean that we should be familiar with God's word so that we can speak his words and his perspective into each other's lives. Here is where daily encouragement overlaps with daily reading God's word. To participate fully in the group project of daily encouragement, we need a daily supply of, of God's word in our lives. We can't give helpful perspective without knowing God's word ourselves. But when we do have this daily supply of God's word, then it positions us to where we can give his perspective to others. Not only that, it also trains us to be familiar with truth so we can recognize it when we receive God's truth, God's perspective from others. But if we read God's word daily, then why is it that we need to receive it from others as well? Why involve others? Why not just find truth on our own from God's word? Well, one of the challenges of perspective is that actually the closer we are to a situation, the more difficult it can be to get an accurate read on what's going on. Check out this clip from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. In this clip, the character Cameron, he's kind of at a low point And this scene depicts him staring at a painting as he gradually loses perspective. Discouragement causes us to zoom in on our problems so that it's hard to focus or even see anything else. We lose perspective on the big picture of who God is and of what he's doing in the world. And so we need others who can see our situation with clearer eyes and help us regain perspective and focus on who God is and what we know to be true of him. So giving perspective, giving and receiving perspective, this is one of the things that helps position us for daily encouragement. A third important way that we position ourselves for daily encouragement is when we are open and honest. When we're open and honest with each other. Recently, I was talking with a friend at Seabreeze, and he said, you know man, we've been been talking about me a lot. How are you doing? At this point, I kind of paused. I paused because I was actually struggling with discouragement at the time when he asked me that question. And when I'm asked, how are you doing? Unfortunately, I tend to have a list of safe replies that I'm comfortable with. Everything on the list usually boils down to some version of I'm good, I'm tired, or I'm hungry. Those are kind of my safe replies. But this was a trusted friend who was genuinely asking about my well-being. And so as much as I wanted to say, you know, I'm I'm a little worn out, but I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. I knew that would be dishonest. And so I decided to step outside of what I was comfortable with and share as best I understood what my struggle was. And you know, he didn't beat me over the head with the Bible as a response. Instead, and he, he related to what it was that I was discouraged about. And then he asked me some questions to draw out God's perspective and draw out what the Bible had to say about my situation. And after the conversation, I was extremely encouraged. I, I realized that I had entered that conversation with a heart that was hardening toward God. But I left the conversation with a heart that was re-softening toward God. And he really helped me get back on track. And afterward, I realized that if I had gone with my first instinct, if I had just gone with my gut, I never would have been open and honest about what I was dealing with. And I would have completely cut myself off from the source of encouragement that God had lined up for me that day. And often when we're struggling the most, we choose to isolate ourselves from the help that we really need. One reason for this, of course, is pride. We wanna maintain certain images about ourselves. But maintaining a facade of invincibility, it can actually be deadly. It can be like getting bit by a snake and deciding to just tough it out and not tell anyone. There's no honor in toughing out a snake bite. There's also no shame in being susceptible to the effects of its venom. Similarly, there's no honor in dealing with sin and discouragement in isolation. And there should be no shame in being susceptible to the effects of sin and discouragement. Another reason that we isolate ourselves from the help that we need is that sometimes we actually like our discouragement, or at least we like the sin that is behind our discouragement, and we don't want to be encouraged. I think that the ability of kids and the tendency of kids to sometimes articulate the things that we think but would never put into words is, is pretty remarkable, The other day I was talking with one of my daughters and she was struggling, she was having a hard time and I knew that it's usually helpful for her if I can pray for her. And so I said, do you want me to pray for you? And she said, no, I I don't want you to pray. And so I, of course, I I asked her why. And she said, because if you pray, it'll make me feel better and I don't wanna feel better. And when she said that, I thought, wow, you are so clearly my daughter was the first thing that I thought because I do that all the time, but I would never put it into words in that same way. When we find ourselves preferring our discouragement or or keeping sin like a pet and feeding it, it's a sign that we're entering into dangerous, hard-heart territory. It's a sign that our perspective is off, and it's time to find a trusted friend that we can be open and honest with about the struggles that we're facing. Now, being open and honest, it doesn't mean that every, every time someone says, how's it going, that that's your cue to gush and share your biggest problems. Obviously, it's inappropriate to share everything with everyone, but being open and honest, it does mean not putting up a facade. It also means that the you on the outside accurately represents the you on the inside. Ephesians 4.25 says this, it says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully with his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Part of being open and honest is that we don't put up a false front. Another part of being open and honest is having a few individuals, a few trusted individuals in your life that you can trust with your biggest struggles. Several years ago, I was getting breakfast with a close friend and as our conversation was wrapping up, he asked me, So, what's the final 10%? And I had no idea what he was talking about, so I asked. And he clarified. He said, for me, it's usually easy to be open and honest about 90% of what's going on in my life. And that 90%, it might even include include some real struggles. But it's usually the 10% that I don't want to bring up where I really need help. And so, since that conversation, I've tried to ask myself this question who are the people in my life who should know the final 10%? That is, who do I know who seems to be walking with God, who seems to be trustworthy, and who can help me see God's perspective and urge me forward in the areas where I really need it the most? When I was struggling through a 5K as a kid, my dad could encourage me and help me because he was near. He was near enough to see When I was really struggling, when I needed help, when I needed encouragement. In that same way, we need trusted people in our lives who are near enough to see when we're really struggling and who can urge us forward. Now, as we seek to position ourselves to participate in this group project of daily encouragement, let me suggest a few next step ideas for this week. First is to join a growth group. If you're not in a growth group already, now is a great time to join one. And you can do that online on the Seabreeze website anytime. Another thing that that you could consider would be to invest in one relationship. If you're already in a growth group, consider one way that you can encourage someone in your group this week outside of the weekly meeting. Maybe it's as small as just asking how you can pray for them and then following through and doing that. A final next step to consider would be to seek perspective. Maybe you've realized that there's an area where you're struggling with sin or discouragement and really no one knows about it. If that's the case, think of someone trustworthy who you can reach out to this week who can help you see God's perspective. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have given us an antidote to daily discouragement. And God, I pray that you would help us to plug in to that group project of daily encouragement. God, I pray that you would help us to invest in relationships, especially right now, God, when it's hard to figure out exactly how to do that, that you would give us creativity and a see-to-it mentality as we seek to do that. God, I pray that in the relationships that we have, that you would help us both to to give perspective and receive perspective from other, that others, that your truth would um, orient us and encourage us and keep us moving forward. God, I pray also that you would help us to be open and honest with each other, that we wouldn't put up a front or a, or a facade, but that we would really seek to be open and honest so that we can open up, open ourselves up to the encouragement that you have lined up for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.